Shalom, Meshpocha. This is Sid Roth. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpocha, the family with the Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with a very supernatural guest. And now, here's your host for this program. It's supernatural television producer, Emily Plowman. Well, thank you, Sid, and welcome, everyone, to our Messianic Vision podcast. If this is your first time joining us, we want to welcome you uh, to this family, this mishpacha family, as we seek to go ever both higher and deeper in the Lord, in the Holy Spirit, in the supernatural, and get and glean everything that the Lord has for us in this time, in this season. And I am super excited today because I have with us here in this podcast studio a very special guest, a dear friend of the ministry, a man who really needs no introduction but one who um, is really carrying a message for our time right now. And so I have with me Kevin Zadai here in the studio. Kevin, welcome. I'm so excited to be here, Emily. Thank you for having me. Well, we are thrilled that you are with us. And I want to jump right in because you have just released a new book called Power Words. And, you know, you're quite a prolific author, so this is what is this, your ninth or tenth book? Something like that. I don't keep track right now. I don't know. But yes, we're, we're very productive here. This is an awesome book. Yeah, well, and it's all about power words, which you say, Kevin, that there are power words that are straight from the scriptures that paralyze the enemy and cause a supernatural shift. That's a pretty bold statement. What are these words? Because it sounds like we need to know about them. Oh, oh, yeah. There, there are a lot of them. Actually, um, this this uh, list is including um, things like the fear of the Lord, uh, repentance, uh, holy altar, crucified life, uh, brokenness and humility, uh, new covenant, uh, kingdom dominion, uh, the believer's destiny, holy fire, and things like uh, character. Uh, accountability, divine nature. There's there's a whole list of them, uh, Emily. And the Lord told me that I need to come out with this book because he he's told me that Satan is trying to extract these from a Christian's vocabulary. Hmm. And how does he? How is he seeking to do that? And why would he want to do that? Well, if you noticed, he said how he's doing it is is people are starting to feel as they're backing off because they feel as though they're offensive, that they're too aggressive. But see, Jesus was aggressive, and he was very strong with his words. Right. Well, if you look at some of these words, I mean, they're pretty weighty concepts. I mean, the blood, the new covenant, kingdom dominion. I mean, I can see from just this list here why the enemy would want us not to be using these words. Exactly. What's the effect when we do put these words into practice? Why is the devil so afraid? Because, see, he operates in deception. So if he can keep people out of the know, uh, out of the understanding, then he can do his thing a lot easier. So he wants to keep people in darkness and deception. And so Christians, we're in the kingdom of light. We shouldn't even have uh, the problems that we have. But, you know, I'm just telling you that the Lord asked me to do this so that we can keep certain words 
certain characteristics of God have been given to us forefront through these words. Hmm. And so one of the words you talk about or one of the concepts you talk about in this book is one of the power words is waiting on the Lord. And when I read this section of the book, I was really both encouraged and convicted and inspired at to pursue this area of our lives. Why is this power word included in this book? What did the Lord show you about this idea of waiting on the Lord? The, this one is one of the mo- more um, important and favorite ones of mine because the Lord showed me that without this concept in your life, and without this understanding of this concept in your life, the others are, are not uh, going to be as effective because you have to have that time alone in a relational um, atmosphere. So you know how uh, we've had these these uh, positional type of, of conferences and movements where we talk about who we are in Christ and our position in Christ and what you know Jesus did for us through the, the death, burial, and resurrection. But Jesus also focused on his relationship with the Father. So the relational part of our Christianity is waiting on God, where we actually just lay ourselves down um, and get still before the Lord and let him talk to us instead of us just bombarding him with prayers and requests. Right. Well, and I think particularly for us as, you know, in the American culture, I'll just use that as an example because that's where we are, even though, you know, obviously we are, uh, there are people from all over the world listening to this, but we're on the go all the time as Americans. And we have a hard time slowing down. And even when we do stop, our mind is still going. All the things we need to do or the things that are left undone or, you know, our problems that we have. So, what is it about coming into this secret place, this waiting on the Lord, that brings all this into perspective? How do we actually access that place? How do we slow our minds down? How do we stop for a moment? Okay, well, that is a very good question. And what I, what I have to say is so important. We have to realize, first of all, that we actually are in two realms. We are in the physical realm. And we also are walking as Christians in a spiritual realm. So we are a spirit that is uh, born again as a Christian, but we still live in a body and we access the physical world through that body. So we, we have to remember that we have to discipline our body, as Paul said. Paul said to the Corinthians, he said, listen, he said, if I let my body rule me, if I don't discipline my body, he said, after preaching Christ, I could be disqualified from the race. And so we are, we have these, these um, uh, two realms, and we actually have another realm, which is our soul realm, which is our mind, will, and emotions. And Paul talked about this in First Thessalonians 5.23, where he separated spirit, soul, and body of man in that statement. With that being said, then, if you understand this part of you, that there are three parts of you, and there are, there are, you're walking in the spirit, as Paul said in Romans 8, and you're also walking in—you can walk in the flesh. So we don't walk in the flesh. We yield to the spirit. That is how the mindset starts to change you so that you want to seek an environment during your day where you wait on God. 
And so it's going to take disciplining your body. It's going to take disciplining your mind, renewing your mind by the Word of God, which it says in Romans 12, too. So th- this is all a, the very important to grasp. And then you can start to—if you understand yourself and you understand the other two, that there are two realms, there's a spirit realm and there's this physical realm, then you can start to walk in both and be successful in both. So it's like that idea of pulling heaven down to earth almost. Is that would that be a fair statement? Yeah, because Jesus mentioned this, but they were they were bothering him about teaching them to pray. You know, the disciples kept you know, teach us how to pray. And Jesus said, "Okay, this is what you do. You say, our Father who's in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on the earth as it already is in heaven actually is what it says. So it, we're taking what is there and bringing it implemented. We are the ambassadors on this earth. We represent God. We we are the body of Christ, of Messiah. So this this is very important to grasp this is that we we are we have an opportunity to change our generation and these power words are are going to cause us to focus on that, but we need to wait on God. We need to do that. Well, and I heard you say one time that these power words, they're a connection point, a catalyst, if you will, that really propel us into this place of waiting on God. How does that work? Because we have all these distractions, right? The enemy keeps trying to pull us out of this place. How do we use those power words to access this secret place? So that that's a very good question. And, and, and I had to learn this myself, but Jesus taught me just like he taught the disciples in Mark 11, 23 and 24, that if we believe in our heart that what we say with our mouth will come to pass, we shall have it. So we're speaking from the other realm, from our spirit, our heart. It doesn't say speak from our head. If we believe in our head and what we say with our mouth will come to pass, it says believe in your heart. That's your inner man. That's your spirit. So I'm speaking words from the other realm. So it's not just power words that are in this book. These are concepts. These are these are whole uh characteristics of God. You know, there there is the fear of the Lord. There is kingdom dominion. There are all these different words. So when you wait on God, what you're doing is you're allowing God to move within your spirit, not within your head or within your body. And then from there, you're birthing through this relationship that you have in this waiting on God, you birth from your spirit, you speak out. And this, I saw it was shockwaves that went out when you spoke these words. I saw demons being paralyzed. So that's why I chose these particular words. And of course, there are others, but I focused on these because I saw demons being paralyzed when you start talking about the blood of Jesus, when you start talking about um, the holy fire, you know, things like that, you know. Words to make the enemy tremble, that's for sure. Emily, they do. They do. They literally do. And I saw this. I'm not just, you know, saying this, of course. I I wrote this book because I saw that, that hell trembles. Wow. And so this is a real key to our walk, particularly in these turbulent times, is we can go into that, the wait on God, access that secret place, and get his perspective on our life problems or on challenges that we're facing. So talk to us about Heaven's Revelation Room. What does that mean, and how does that relate to waiting on God? Well, uh, Emily, this was an experience I had, an encounter. And, 
you know, I have all the spirit, the, the you know, the scriptural uh, backup for this, but I really had this encounter. I I was I woke up, and I don't I don't know if there was a sound in the room or something happened, but I was in bed asleep, and my wife was right there with me. She continued to sleep through this. But someone was in the room, and, you know, of course, at first you're thinking, how did somebody get in our room? But I looked, and it was was an angel, but it it was a different type of angel I've ever seen before. It was a lot bigger than what I've seen and dressed differently. Okay, that angel said, I've been asked of the Lord to, to take you, to show you what waiting on the Lord is. And so he grabbed me. You know, I, I can't tell you where we went, but we were in the spirit immediately, and we went to this this very very beautiful room, and um, he stood me there, and then Jesus walked in, and uh, he announced to me that I was in the room of revelation, and that this was where we wait on God and for for counsel. So that's how this all started with the revelation room. He he said, um, "Let's wait on the Father." So Jesus bowed his head. And the angel bowed his head, and so I bowed my head, and I felt the whole room start to ascend up, and it was like an elevator. So I felt that acceleration, you know, how you feel when you start getting a little heavy. I felt that, and then um, we went up, and uh, I asked Jesus, I said, Jesus, how far should we go up? And he said this, that's up to you. How high do you want to go? Yeah, and I didn't even put that in the book, I don't think, but um, that's what he said to me. And uh, I I said, well, this would be fine right here. He said, all right. And so the door, this big door opened up, and I looked out, and he said, look, I saw the cities on that side of the earth. And he said, you see, your problems are a lot smaller up here, aren't they? And he smiled at me, and he said, this is where my people should go, to the room of waiting, the room of revelation. And let the Father show you his perspective. And so that was, it's a profound, that was a profound encounter I had. So do each of us have our own revelation room with the Lord, or is this an actual place in the Spirit, or what's your take on all that? Well, you know, I can only, I can only um, interpret it from my standpoint. Uh, I knew, uh, like personally, I know this much, Emily, that, that this is for everybody. I saw that this was just a room that was kind of like in uh, the area of Israel where uh, Jacob's ladder, you know, we call it Jacob's ladder came down there and and Bethel, you know, where where Jacob said, I had no idea that the Lord was in this place, you know, but he saw that ladder with the angels going up and down. Um, I believe that there are places like that, you know, that are available. And so this was something that was common to answer your question would be for any believer. So for the average person, like we don't have to be special to access this no. place. It's- no, this was for everybody. And um, Jesus would, would uh, you know, the way that he, I was being talked to during this, not very many people take advantage of this benefit. Well, right. And it seems like almost an abstract concept in a lot of ways. You know, it's like, oh, waiting on God. And maybe it sounds hard or like this revelation room like how do I actually get there how do we practically access this place like I'm thinking about you know the busy moms like I'm a mom myself I have two kids I don't have a lot of time to just sit before the Lord for hours and hours as much as I would love to do that or the people that you know we maybe they're working multiple jobs or all these things how what's how do we access this place for them 
Well, this is the amazing thing about it. I was shown that it's it's actually accessible from where you're at. You don't have to go anywhere. You just have to wait on the Lord and get in into an environment where you can have, you know, 10 minutes is all I ask of people is to start with 10 minutes and just just uh, have a to where, where you can't be interrupted. And all, your spirit goes there. See, it's so it's not something you have to travel a great distance to. Um, the spirit realm is is with it is is actually uh, accessible from within. Um, it's not a place where you have to go somewhere. So this is for everybody, and it's as easy as as taking ten minutes and saying and saying to everybody, please leave me alone for ten minutes. You know, I love that. I love that. I'm gonna shut the door, <laughs> turn off my phone. Yeah. Just give me 10, 15 minutes and let me focus on my father. Let me focus on Jesus and that relationship. Um, That's good, yes. And so when we're talking about this idea of power words, then I loved what you were saying earlier when you were talking about this experience you had with the Revelation Room where, you know, from the vantage point with the father, your problems looked so much smaller. You got his perspective on it. So is it because our just our minds are clearer because we're in the Father's presence? Yeah, well, we have what they call in the military to get target fixated, where you, you're fixating on a target and it becomes um, everything that you see, but you don't see the mountain that's in your way on the way, you know, like a, uh, a fighter pilot sometimes will go into mountains and they don't, they couldn't understand they were coming down to to shoot at a target and then they're supposed to pull up, but they were so fixated on the target that they forgot to, to immediately pull up. So, so this is what the Lord has shown me is, is that we get like that and things seem so much more bigger than they might be. And I, I know that there's a synchronization that happens when you're in the, in the waiting on the Lord with your spirit and, and the, the spirit of God. And I, I'm, I'm just telling you, this happens to me a lot. I have had stuff happen um, where I've been made aware of something. And I go, oh, I got to go to prayer. I got to take care of this in the spirit. You know, I got to pray. I got to pray. And I go to the Lord and I'm, the power of God, like right now as I'm talking to you, the power of God is so strong I can hardly talk. But this is the office I go to when I want to pray and put my requests because they're so big. Something just happened. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I go to pray, but the power of God will hit me. And I'll be in the spirit realm, and then um, an hour later, I'll say to the Lord, Lord, I forgot what I was going to ask you because it, I, I couldn't remember the problem. And I realize this happens to everybody all the time. So so this is all about, about perspective. It's all about getting synchronized with, with, with the Father's heart, and you can do that in this this room. Um, that's that's available to everybody. And then thinking about these power words actually causes us to focus on the things that really count. Right. Well, and what all this is saying to me then is that waiting on the Lord, being in this place with him, focusing on his perspective, this is not wasted time. Never, never. And so you become more productive. I become more productive when I do this than if I would have not done it. I can do much, much more. And many, many people, they can't understand how I can write a, a book every month and how I can do all these different things. It's because I do this all the time. I, I try not to ever wait, leave the waiting room. You know, I'm always, I'm always in the room of revelation. I'm always in this place because everything's new with me. You know, I mean, I, I celebrated uh, at the time of this podcast, I just celebrated my 40th 
year with the Lord. I gave my life to the Lord 40 years ago. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yes, but I feel as though I just got born again yesterday. And people that are around me, they think I'm, I'm a brand new Christian. Well, it's because of this very thing, Emily. I believe in all this. It's, um, it's not just to, to write a book or, you know, to become popular. I'm doing this to, to, because I know everybody needs to know this. And I know the devil is freaking out right now that people are finding <laughs> out about this. He does not want anyone to know about this. Well, right, because it keeps fanning those flames of the first love, right? And when two people are in love, they're unstoppable. Amen. That's it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Kevin, you had something else happen to you as you were waiting on God. You got healed of an eye problem. Is that right? Just by sitting in God's presence? Yeah. I. Um, it went on for several months where I would just sit and the Lord would tell me, I don't want you to say a word. And um, that's like, that's like huge for me. <laughs> like that's the challenge of the, of a lifetime is not to say anything. And, um, uh, I, I, he said, I just want you to wait in my presence. And so uh, I'm not exaggerating one single bit. I'm actually downplaying this, but I literally felt like I didn't have a body when I would go to prayer for a couple months. It, the, the, the wind of God would come in and I would feel the, the, like I didn't like I didn't have any weight. And I would feel this flow of revelation and several books that I have already got uh, written have come forth. There have been three or four books that came out of this very thing that you're asking me um, during these couple months. And one time, uh, I was I was going to uh, South Africa to to preach, and I went to the optometrist because I needed new contacts. But I had had a dream that when I went to South Africa, I didn't need contacts. That was six months prior to me even being invited there. So imagine me having a dream. I'm in South Africa. I don't need contacts in the dream or glasses. And I can see there was a church with 31,000 in it. So I could see the whole way back to the back, people's faces, which wouldn't be possible. And I I didn't have contacts in. And so uh, six months later, I got invited to South Africa. And when I, and so I was getting my contacts, but this, this uh, breath of God that came into the room actually healed my eyes. So when I went to the optometrist, right before we left for South Africa, um, he said, Kevin, you don't need contacts anymore. He said, your your one eye is a tiny bit behind, but you don't need a contact. I mean, you could wear one if you want in one eye, but he said, your, your, your eyes are fine. I go, well, isn't it on record that I have really bad eyes? He goes, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> they could not explain. He said, I've never seen this. He, he was an optometrist for many years. He said, I've never seen this. I've never seen somebody that's 60 years old. Uh, reverse their eyes like this. Wow, that's amazing. I know. So listen to this. When I went to South Africa and was preaching the next uh, three weeks, um, the the dream actually played out. I was on the stage on a certain day preaching on a certain subject, and I started talking about, and I remembered the dream. I was talking about that in the dreams uh, like six months prior. And as soon as I said these words uh, on the stage, pointing in a certain direction, I looked at two people, and those two people were really there, but they were in my dream six months prior. Wow. The same two people. And I could see them clearly because I didn't have my contacts in Emily because it really happened. But I was healed like six months prior in a dream, in a, a dream state, but it didn't happen until the fall when I went into went to the autometrist and he confirmed it. So think about what just happened. This is just waiting on God, no prayers. Um, 
nobody did anything. Nobody said a word to me. Um, um, nobody prayed over me. Nothing. That's amazing. And what that suggests to me, too, is that, you know, this is how we as just everyday people are activated because we just activate that connection point with the Lord and we never leave it by continuing to visit this this communion with him. Amen. And think about this. that we, we think we have to go get somebody pray for us or some people say, you know, give an offering, do this, you know, do that, and then you'll get healed. And it was none of that. I was just sitting in this presence where I had I, I couldn't feel my body. And I didn't do any, honestly, Emily, I didn't even fast. I was not fasting. Um, I wasn't particularly a good boy or a bad boy that day or anything like that. I was just, I was just uh, sitting in the, in the presence of my Father God. And this wind would start blowing, and it wasn't my fan or my my air conditioner. It was something from the other realm, and I got healed. And and only God gets credit for it. Right. Well, and we've established the fact that this is available for everybody. And I think you raised a good point when you said, you know, sometimes we don't even need to say a word. It's just we just want to—God just wants to be with us, and we just want to be with Him. But what about those people who are like, okay, I'm going to go try this. I'm going to go sit there for 10 minutes a day or, you know, pray or meditate on the scriptures or whatever it is the Lord leads me to do. Maybe I've stretched it on to 20 minutes, half an hour, an hour. I'm not having these experiences. I'm not feeling the wind. I don't feel God. I'm not hearing anything. This isn't working. <laughs> what do you say to those people? Well, you know, no, congratulations, because that happened to me. That's happened to me, I mean, 40 years uh, you know, I, I, that's what I, what is happening to me now. I wish it would have happened all 40 years, but it didn't. This is what I've learned is, is I, you know, can I be, if I would, to be totally honest with you, which most, most people wouldn't, wouldn't be this transparent, but I want to tell you something that, that all hell is unleashed against you. If you do this, like it, it all, all those demons are going to come to try to disrupt. So when you do this and you, you, I mean, I have to tell people the truth. And like Paul said, am I now your enemy? Because I told you the truth. You know, the apostle Paul said that, but see, I want to tell you that the enemy is going to try to stop your momentum. So you might not feel anything. You might not have anything happen, but it is so effective because your father's heart in heaven is touched. He is touched when you do this. If you say, Father, I'm just going to sit in your presence, and um, I just want to—I just want to adore you. I just want to worship you, and I just want to hear from you. What, what's on your heart? That's what I would say. What I just told you is what I did, and and um, that is what brought that in. But um, if it doesn't happen, if you don't feel a win, it doesn't matter. This was something that only happened uh, for for uh, a period of time. But I still did it all the time anyway, no matter what. Well, and so it's about, it's not a formula. It's about a relationship. I mean, that's why we do this. Yeah. And no, I was, when I was in heaven, I saw some things about Jesus and about the Father because I, there was a period of time that I was there. And it would, after a while, you kind of gather some information about the characteristics of certain people. And I knew that the Father, sometimes he sits to see if we'll stay diligent. He, he wants to see if we're really, really sincere. Well, and I'm reminded of uh, that quote from A.W. Tozer, that the Lord waits to be wanted. And that's, that's what it. this is reminding me of. It's almost like the Lord has his own waiting room, and he's waiting for us to come meet him there. 
And that's just a beautiful thought. Yeah, it is beautiful, but he wants us to pursue him. And he loves it when we pursue him. But then he told me, he said, the day is coming when, when a believer who is pursuing God will, will, will actually, God will allow them to catch him. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, and then he told me, Jesus said that the Lord's going to stop and let you catch him, but then he's going to pursue you the rest of your life. So what's happening now is I pursued God, he let me catch him, and now he's pursuing me. And he's constantly pursuing my heart and telling me, you know, can we do this? Can we do this? He's asking me all the time, can you implement this? Can you tell people this? So I'm constantly having, I'm coming out with, uh, you know, new, new books and new uh, different types of of ministry materials because the Father now is wanting me to get this information out there because he's pursuing people. It's it's amazing thing at the end of this age, I'm seeing God pursuing people. Wow, and all the more reason to use those power words as a catalyst to protect that time, like applying the blood, you know, and all these other uh, repentance to remove the barriers between us and the Father in that place of communion. Is that what you mean when you're right. talking about catalysts? Yes, because, you know, uh, even though I've, I've flown airplanes for a long time, I still have to go through the checklist because I might miss something. And I just felt like the Lord was wanting me to do this book because it's kind of like a checklist to keep these things forefront. Because as human beings, we things slip uh, from us and um, from, our, from our consciousness and because they're not forefront. So the Lord asked me, and it, this is a direct quote. He says, can you bring these back into, into the forefront? Because Satan is, is trying to take these out of people's vocabulary, and they need to become forefront again. And because he said this final move of God has already started, and he said these are the catalysts for that move. Mm. Well, and really the most successful people are the ones that do the basics the best, and these are like the basics, right? The foundational truths of our lives. Yeah, you, that's that's exactly right. And just just like I said, uh, in every in every airplane, there's a checklist, and every pilot, um, you know, they go have to go through that, and, and they have to record it. It's recorded. Um, everything they do on the airplane is recorded. Every good pilot, thirty years, forty years, or, or three days, they all go through that checklist because there, there's because of human error. There's always a way for something to be missed, and uh, it could be life-threatening th- in an airplane. So with with our lives, the Lord told me, make this. It's really an expanded checklist, of course, because it's a book form, but it really gets us back to the basics of what Jesus taught and the Apostle Paul taught. It's just coming back around, and I'm just seeing this at the end of the age. I'm seeing us come back around to the simplicity of the gospel message. Mm, that's so good. And don't we know we need it in these times? And we just came out of a really tough time, you know, that year 2020 that has just come to a close and, you know, full of unexpected surprises for us, the best of times, the worst of times. And now here we are at the beginning of a new year, 2021, and we don't know what lies ahead. And we need these basic truths more than ever. So, Kevin, Talk to us a little bit. How are we, how do we use these power words to reclaim what was taken from us last year and go forth in victory in this coming year? Well, okay, this is a good question, Emily. But the first thing we got to do is we got to hit the reset button because we've been traumatized. 
we have gone through things where we had we didn't have the control that we would normally have. We've not had the understanding that we've normally had. It these kind of things uh, they cause uh, discrepancies in our mind. So we have to hit like what I call the reset button. In other words, we need to give uh, give back to the Lord. Our, our emotional baggage, our lack of understanding, maybe our false way of processing the information that's happened, coming to conclusions that, that might not be what God would want us to, to come to. So first of all, I say we've got to hit the reset button, and and we got to realize that this is a new year and that we can, we can start it right. And what we need to do is we need to use these power words because our, our tongue is a rudder, according to the Apostle James, and he said that that this little little rudder, this tongue, uh, can guide our whole life, just like a small rudder guides a big ship. And so we need to start to speak where we're going. We need to speak our destiny. And that's what Jesus told me to do. And so it's it's a perfect time to hit the reset button and let's go on and let's see what God's going to do from now on, because we are history makers. This generation is very special. Well, it's really speaking prophetic words, prophetic messages into the atmosphere. Is that right when you talk about speaking where you're going, proclaiming God's truth over your life? Yes, because Jesus um, told me, he said, I'm standing. I'm standing in your future. It's my now. And he said, you just walk to me because I'm already at your destiny. Mm. So it's, again, that pulling heaven down to earth. It's already written in heaven. Yeah, see, I saw that because Psalms 139 says that each one of our days was written in a book before one of them came to pass. And if you read verse 5 in the Aramaic translation, it says that I have paved the way to your future and I'm standing on it. That's in Psalms 139.5. That's good. And so then he goes on and gives us the tools for that because I'm reminded of another power word that you talk about is divine health. Why is we're looking about, okay, we got a purpose to fulfill, why is divine health a power word? Well, I saw in heaven, Emily, that that Satan doesn't want us to live past a certain age because of our effectiveness down here if we would start to walk with God like Enoch walked. So think about Enoch. He was 65 years old, and all of a sudden he walked with God, and he walked with God for 300 years. And he walked with God so closely that God just said, you know what? Uh, you don't have to go home tonight. You just come with me. You can stay here. And he just, he went, he never came back. And he just walked right over. And I I saw Satan come down here. He he wants to get people to live shorter because they might find the, the Messiah. They might find the Lord. And then those who do, then they might start to gain momentum and start walking in all these truths that we're talking about to where they're unstoppable, that they take a lot of people and influence a lot of people. And Satan doesn't want that. So he, I believe that he, I saw in heaven that he does attack people's bodies, and he doesn't want people to live past a certain amount of time because they might, they might uh, find the Messiah and believe in him. Then they, after that, they might influence others too and walk in in power to where they're not uh, manipulable. These evil spirits can't manipulate them. So here we go. The Lord wants us to live longer, and we need to get back to that power word because Moses spent twice on the mountain, 40 days that we know of, twice. And God had to tell him it's time to die because he was at 120 and there was nothing wrong with him. 
And he said, Moses, it's time to die at 120. I mean, mean, think about it. He was in perfect health. He died in perfect health on the mountain there. Gosh, isn't that a bizarre thought? Because we can't even imagine living to 120, let alone living in a perfect health. Right. So what if that's old covenant and we have a new covenant based on better promises, then I would think that the same power that rose Jesus from the dead that Paul said is dwelling in you will quicken your mortal body, that that is not just talking about the resurrection at the end of time where we're all resurrected, but this is also the fact that the power that's in us, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead that is in us, what if it would come out into our body and start to influence our health? I'm just saying, I'm just thinking, you know, what if God would tell us how to eat better, how to live better? Uh, what if some supernatural things start happening with healing that was starting from within, like my eyes being healed, you know, things like that. I'm just putting this out there because that's what the Lord told me, that this is a power word. This is something that Satan does not want us to talk about or in any way mention and, and influence other people's frame of mind. Well, and that's definitely something to meditate on and imagine all the damage that could be done to the kingdom of darkness if we all live to 120 in perfect health. No wonder the devil doesn't want us to grab a hold of this. No, he doesn't. And I I saw that with all these power words, to tell you the truth, Emily. I mean, I could go, uh, we could go another hour because uh, he showed me this kind of thing with every single word that I have in this book. And the reason why uh, he does not, Satan does not want these words out is because it would cause us to be effective and productive in our faith. Well, and we access all of these strategies from waiting on God, and it's so simple and yet so profound. And so, Kevin, we only have a few moments left here, but would you pray as we're closing and release these words over our listeners, just as you feel led? I would love to. Thank you very much. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you, and I thank you for what you have done for us through Jesus the Messiah. And I thank you that because he has bought us back, we are your family, Father, that has been redeemed back. We are adopted. We have the spirit of adoption inside of us, crying out to you, Father, Father. I thank you, Lord, that every listener receives the impartation from heaven. What you have given to me, I, I release now to everyone listening, that they would walk in this reality of what Messiah has done. And I thank you, Father, by your spirit right now. Holy Spirit, you have permission to open eyes, open ears, that the eyes of their heart would be flooded with light right now, that they would receive the spirit of revelation and in the knowledge of you. And I thank you that the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is dwelling in them and that it would become real to to everyone listening right now. All these power words, Father, that they would become the reality, that, Father, the spirit of truth is giving the truth about these right now. Thank you, Father, that everyone will realize what you have done for us. You have set a table before us in the presence of our enemy. We are dining with you, and we can have all of these benefits. All these power words can be effective in our life. And I thank you for it in the name of Jesus, and I break the power of the enemy over everyone listening right now, and I drive out every evil from your life. In Jesus' name, God bless you all. Thank you, Emily. Amen and amen. Thank you, Kevin. Sure did feel the power on that one. And thank you, everyone who's listening, for joining us today. And let's go 
ever higher. And if you want to know more about PowerWords, here's Sid to talk about this amazing resource. Kevin Zadai was taken behind the heavenly veil where the Lord revealed power words directly from Scripture that can release the power of heaven and bind the strategies of hell. These power words include the blood, repentance, resurrection, holy fire, habitation, divine prosperity, and many more. When these words are spoken, and properly applied, they will paralyze the devil and cause a supernatural shift in your life. In this exclusive three-part audio series, you can outlast the devil. Kevin will take you from breakthrough to overthrow. Kevin provides a detailed explanation of the devil's strategy against your life and prays for you to receive a special impartation of understanding your importance and position in God's plan. Once you fully understand the authority that has been given to you through Jesus, you'll be equipped to overcome any assault the enemy tries to throw at you. It's not an accident these power words have been lifted from most Christians' vocabulary, but you need these words, especially at the wrap-up. Kevin's brand-new book, Mystery of the Power Words, and his exclusive three-part audio series, You Can Outlast the Devil, all for an investment of only 40 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's one 800 447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9723. Once again, that's offer number 9723.